Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I wanted to take us uh, back into Jeremiah chapter 6, uh, starting here in verse 20. Really, that's the only verse, just verse 20. Uh, here's, what, here's what God says. Um, he says, What use to me is frankincense that comes from Sheba, or sweet cane from a distant land? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices pleasing to me. What's God saying here? Well, remember the people of Israel, they were living in rebellion, and yet they would still put together some type of sacrifices in the temple. But they were also sacrificing to other gods in the temple. Uh, they, were, they were worshiping tons of other gods. There's other, there's other places in the book of Jeremiah where God says that the number of your gods are as big as the number of the cities in your region. So they're just worshiping pretty much everything. So imagine they're... The people of Israel are completely rebellion and re, in rebellion and disobeying God, and yet they would go through the motions, these religious rituals, in order to get the favor of God, while they're worshiping all these other gods at the same time. And even and even though God says there are no other gods, I know not of any. That's in the book of Isaiah, that we're not supposed to create uh, carved or we're not supposed to create idols in our own in our own lives, and yet they're doing that. They're worshiping rock and. Uh, they're, wor uh, they're worshiping uh, trees that are made into idols. And so he's just sitting there going, so you're bringing all this stuff to me as an offering or as a sacrifice. And he says, they mean nothing to me. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices pleasing to me. As we apply this to our own lives, I think we need to be honest in what it is that we're presenting to the Lord. Now, I believe in grace because the scriptures are just flooded with grace. I worry, though, at times that we can take advantage of grace um, and we can say, oh, God is gracious and he'll accept anything that I give to him, um, even if it's the leftovers. And I don't know where we came up with that concept. Um, I, the only way that there's leftovers, it's, it's like I've tried everything I can, so now you get the leftovers. You can fill in the rest. Or um, I've got so many minutes in my day or so many hours in my day, so God, I'm going to give you the leftover. Show me a place in the scriptures where God honors that because it's not sacrifice. But show me a place in the scriptures where God says, yeah, I'll just take that. It doesn't seem like that's it. It seems like God expects um, to be preeminent. In fact, it's even in, I think if, if we go to Colossians chapter 1, um, that Jesus is called, or not called, but Jesus is supposed to be preeminent in our lives. He's not supposed to be like a, a sweet addition to our lives like everything else. Verse 18 of Colossians 1, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So I see that as an application for my own life, that everything that I do, every second of every day, should be in submission to him, where he can take as much as my, of my day as he wants, because it's not mine. He's blessed me with it. But it's his. My life belongs to him. And so... Our obedience to God does impact his acceptance of our quote-unquote sacrifices. So if I'm living in rebellion and sin, and then I show up on a worship gathering, and, I just, and I'm raising my hands, and it's not raising my hands, asking for forgiveness, confessing my sin, repenting, but I'm living in rebellion against God, and then I'm showing up to a Sunday morning, and I'm, I'm raising hands and singing to Jesus, and I'm having this experience. Friends, if that's what's happening, it's hypocrisy. If there's anyone listening and that's how you live your life, that the rest of the week you are just living, you're living in sin and you actually enjoy it. 
See, as followers of Jesus, because we have the Holy Spirit, we should feel conviction when we sin. Even the smallest little thing, and this isn't a way to just keep us in bondage. No, it's, a, it's something that ushers us into freedom. Sin is what puts us into bondage. The Holy Spirit convicts us that we can be free. And so for us, we need to make sure that our lives are in line uh, and in obedience to God and making sure that our obedience to him is because we love him, is worship of him. But to, but to, uh, to, go, through our, to go through the days of our week and to live in sin and then to show up on a Sunday morning or even at a home church throughout the week, uh, faking it, please understand, I believe that this verse or the principles in this verse still apply. It says your burnt offerings are not acceptable. That means that there are things that we can present to God that are not acceptable to God. So when you connect that over to Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, now listen, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. If Paul has to write that, think about it, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write holy and acceptable to God, that means that we have the ability to present things to God that we would consider to be a sacrifice that are not holy and acceptable to God. So how do we, how do we fix this? Well, we come before the Lord and we ask, God, would you convict me of anything that is in my life that's not pleasing to you, that's sin, that I could confess it and repent from it? We're supposed to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. We don't, live, we don't try to live our lives trying to justify every thought or every feeling that we have that goes against the Scripture and then take the Scriptures and try to bend them and twist them or just get rid of parts so we can feel better about ourselves and then, and then show up with, and thinking that we're actually raising holy hands. Guys, holy hands, yes, I'm made holy because of Jesus, but the way that I live my life, I'm called to holiness. Holiness, to be different, to be set apart. So for us to live as if, we belonged to our sin as if we belonged to the world, to live in rebellion against God for most of the week, and then not deal with confession and repentance, but then show up to a worship gathering and bring a quote-unquote sacrifice of praise. Friends, I believe that that is not an acceptable uh, sacrifice that God says, this is what I want. I don't believe he accepts that. Now, I know this is a little heavier of a, of a topic and a verse, but it's in here for a reason. Guys, he wants us to be wholeheartedly devoted to him. Not because he's a tyrant, but because he is the greatest good, and therefore he wants us to experience the greatest good, which is himself. Also, though, he's worthy. It's not just about what we get out of it and experience. There is an aspect of that, but that shouldn't be our heart's focus. Our heart's focus should be him, who he is, his character, what he's done, how he saved us how he provides for us. Man, we should be in just constant thankfulness before him. But just alone, his, his character, his person, who he is, that should draw us to worship. True divine worship and a desire to repent from sin. Acts of sin, as well as sin that's connected to our sinful natures, thoughts that are sinful, that never become action, but we can sin in the way that we think and they reveal how, how ugly and sinful our flesh really is. But oh, praise be to God that he gives us the, the free to get, I mean, he gives us the gift, not the freedom. He gives us the gift of confession and repentance, a constant reminder to come back to him, to leave the life of sin and to come back into fellowship, sweet, intimate fellowship with him. So friends, I know that this may be convicting, but I think it's necessary as we continue to walk with Jesus. I love you guys more than you know. We'll talk soon.